Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Coronavirus Stories. My name's Adrian Goldberg and this time we return to Sweden to hear from a doctor, a hospital consultant, who has been speaking out against his country's relatively relaxed response to coronavirus, which has seen schools, bars and restaurants remain open, unlike in the rest of Europe. Sweden's public health strategy is led by epidemiologist Dr Anders Tegnell, but as the death toll mounts in the Scandinavian country, there are a growing number of voices calling for a different approach, including from our guest, Dr Anders Janssen. My name is Anders Jansson. I'm a senior consultant medical doctor in Dandryd Hospital, Sweden. I'm not actually working as an epidemiologist. I'm a clinical physiologist, which means I, my day job is to diagnose cardiac and, and pulmonary disease, basically. But I've taken a huge interest in the corona epidemic and pandemic, and I've read up on it during the last four weeks and done a lot of debating in Sweden. And I also want to state that all the views I express here are my own as a private person and doctor. I do not represent my hospital nor Swedish healthcare in general. And is it fair to say, Anders, that you've become one of the most prominent voices speaking out against the Swedish Public Health Agency's attitude towards coronavirus? I wouldn't go that far, but I've been involved with the people that have been the main voices and I've made my voice heard as much as I can from my platform. So I have written articles in a Swedish newspaper and in the magazine for Swedish doctors. Uh, you, you called it, you suggested calling it the Swedish uh, version of the Lancet, but it's uh, of course much less prestigious, but still uh, it's the same. And for people who aren't familiar with how Sweden is approaching coronavirus, could you just talk us through your understanding of the official public health response? One can say that it has been hesitant and low-key. Our state epidemiologist, Mr. Tegnell, has been, I've heard him say that in an interview, he's very much against taking unnecessary steps in the process, which means that, in my opinion, we've reversed the way I think one should attack a problem like this, and that is when in doubt early on in the epidemic, before we know a lot about the virus and the exact way it spreads, one should not take chances. One should be very active in the, from the from the get-go in trying to contain the disease. So early on, I was looking at other countries, how, how they were managing it. And, and we have countries like Singapore and Hong Kong and Taiwan, and now also South Korea, that have been very successful in actually containing the spread from an early standpoint. And we didn't quite do that. The first thing that I feel went wrong is that we didn't quarantine people coming back from the Alps, from the Italian Alps, even though we had a, at the time a very good idea that the disease was spreading in the Alps. That I think was a major mistake not to quarantine them because we didn't even give them any advice on not putting risk groups at risk. We let them even work in the healthcare system or in care for the elderly. And the reason why we did that is that Anders Tegnell from the start has, as I understand it, based his his strategy on the notion that the virus is not to any significant extent contagious from asymptomatic people. And asymptomatic people are people who are not yet showing the symptoms? Exactly. They've caught the virus, but they have not yet developed symptoms. 
Anders Tegnell believes that if you are asymptomatic then, that if you have the virus but are not showing the symptoms, then you are not contagious to other people. That underlies the Swedish approach? Yeah, that's, that, that is my understanding because otherwise I can't see how it could be rational to let these people even work with extremely high-risk patients. For example, there was nothing from the Swedish healthcare authorities that said that I couldn't go back and work with, say, in a hematology department where the patients totally lack an immune system for a number of weeks. You could, there was nothing, nothing expressed that you couldn't actually go back to, even that kind of work. So in theory, you could have visited the Italian Alps, where we know there was a a significant outbreak of coronavirus. As long as you were coming back into Sweden showing no symptoms, you could have gone and worked with very vulnerable people. Actually, the advice was that you should go back and work and live your life, lead your life exactly like usual. That was the only advice. No, they were not discussing any exceptions to it. So to my amazement, the whole Swedish healthcare and elder elder care system um, just took this as a truth and acted accordingly. So these people actually went back to work. I've been contacted by nurses that were encouraged to go back to work, even in a hematology department. It has been said that Sweden and, and Great Britain actually started out the same way, doing a mitigation strategy. But as opposed to Sweden, at least Britain did quarantine all people coming back, no matter what they worked with, they were quarantined for 14 days. And even so, all those returning were also, on top of the quarantine, actively told to stay out of, not even, you know, visit the elderly or elderly uh, homes for the elderly or healthcare. You guys said, if you must, you have to call first and call that department first uh, to warn them that you're coming in. The initial approach was vastly different between uh, the UK and Sweden. Although there were some similarities, weren't there? And part of that was reflected in this phrase, herd immunity. Health officials in the UK did use the phrase herd immunity. And the sense that the population could build up immunity if lots of people were infected, as I understand it, was part of what the strategy was in Sweden too. As I remember it, they didn't talk about herd immunity that way, but at least after the first Imperial College report that made Britain change their strategy, uh, at least after that, there's been absolutely no whisper of herd immunity, as I understand it, up until actually yesterday, when uh, Mr. Tegnell mentioned it in an interview that that he had some hopes that some herd immunity could be reached later this spring. So the communication has been somewhat confused. Uh, I think. It would be unfair to suggest that Sweden has done nothing to combat coronavirus there, wouldn't it? It's not completely business as normal. Older people, people over 70, as I understand it, are being encouraged to self-isolate. Public gatherings of more than 50 people are outlawed. If you go to a bar, you're being encouraged to use table service rather than stand around at the bar. But schools still remain open. And although people are encouraged to work at home, most people are expected to work as normal. Most public transport is still operating as normal. Is that a fair summary? 
I would say it's a fair summary with some small, small corrections, though. For example, all schools are not open. For, for high school students and scholars in, in the universities, those are closed. But, but for younger students, uh, yeah, younger pupils, they remain open. And what is the impact of this on the incidence of coronavirus and deaths from coronavirus in Sweden? Well, I, I think history will tell. I think nobody can can really make a full assessment of that. But my my great fear is that because what I really miss in this strategy is first and foremost the protection of the healthcare system and the homes for the elderly, because we have just introduced a few days ago a ban for for the citizens to visit their elderly in, in the homes. So I can't go and visit if my mother is in one of these facilities, uh, no matter how careful I've been, uh, that I've, I've never had symptoms, and I might even have, say that I might even have self-quarantined for two weeks, they would tell you no. However, to this day, nothing stops a person that is employed in working with the elderly. Uh, even if that person goes home the same evening and sleeps in the same bed as his or her partner that has active COVID, nothing stops that person from showing up at work the day after unless he or she has symptoms. It's very illogical to me. Why? What is the purpose that I can't visit my mother, my mother for 15 minutes when she is completely surrounded by people that can have any amount of exposure? How would you describe that strategy then? I cannot find any excuse for it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm astonished. I would be very surprised to, if I would find afterwards when doing the math that the policy of letting asymptomatic people roam around these facilities would not have had an effect. I would be highly surprised. The death toll in Sweden is higher than in neighbouring countries like Denmark and Norway and Finland who've adopted more conventional lockdowns of their citizens. How is that being seen in Sweden? Well, I think that fact has not really been very widespread among Swedes up until the last one or two days. Sweden has a tradition, a very, very strong tradition of trusting authorities. It goes back hundreds of years. And it has, of course, been a very a huge asset to Sweden as a country that we do trust what our authorities say. But... In this case, I think that the view taken by the health authority here, it has deviated so much from the rest of the world, has not really had any effect on the Swedish population's view of the measures taken. Because we're so used to saying to each other that this is not a time to criticize the authority. This is a time of crisis. We must all join together and work in the same direction. I think that's part of the problem, that mindset, because many of the things that have been introduced, like the policy of of letting even exposed people move around freely, it is, I mean, intuitively very strange. I was trying to wake the healthcare system up by writing articles about exactly this, that we should not let the people coming back from the Alps go into healthcare and go into homes for the elderly. But I couldn't get through. People so felt that I was an absolute amateur uh, compared to the the fancy epidemiologists at the health authority. But nobody 
thought further that, okay, yes, they are experts in the Swedish healthcare system, but if you look at it from an international standpoint, they are minuscule compared to the, the authorities in the UK, in Hong Kong, in China, in you name it. You need to widen your view and take in other opinions. And in Sweden, we haven't done that. What would your message be then to the Swedish government and the public health officials who are responsible for this strategy? Today, I think we are in a in Stockholm, in the Stockholm area, we are in a desperate situation. There has even been public announcements today by the Stockholm authorities that we might run completely dry of ICU beds this weekend. Uh, so we are in a really desperate situation in Stockholm. And if you look at the number of deaths, we were still on an exponential growth curve with a doubling time of three days. So every three days, our death toll has been doubling. And this means to me that we can't take any chances now. We should do a complete lockdown of Stockholm at least. And to save the other surrounding parts of Sweden, I think that the only decent thing would be to to isolate Stockholm, like Helsinki has done in Finland, even though Helsinki has almost no cases compared to Stockholm. We can't keep taking chances on our soft approach because we have seen no tendency of it working as of yet. If we continue this curve up and above the ICU capacity for any more time than absolutely necessary now, we will obviously see a lot of preventable deaths occur. Dr. Anders Janssen there. Now we put the points he was making to the FHM, Sweden's public health agency. They didn't respond directly to any of the points raised and they also told us that despite my request, Anders Tegnell, the epidemiologist responsible for Sweden's public health response, was not available for interview by this podcast. Since I interviewed Dr. Janssen, the FHM has acknowledged that there is a theoretical risk that the virus might be spread by asymptomatic people, but their advice remains unchanged. Thanks very much indeed for listening. And if you've got a coronavirus story to share with me, do drop me an email, goldbergradio at gmail.com. You can also follow me at Twitter at Goldberg Radio. Stay safe.